folks. Welcome back to Dom Acker. This is Chris once again. Hello, folks, and welcome back to Chris White After here for the Indaba Africa News of the Day. Today is May 25th, 2021. I hope wherever you find yourself around the world, whether you're Authentic Max, wherever Authentic Max has gone to in Nepal, or Peter Crutchley there in New Zealand, or folks in Ireland like the Erie Fort Trekker or the UK, somewhere in Nunavut, anywhere around the world you may find yourself. Welcome to Indaba Africa News of the Day, the 25th of May, 2021. Let's get to the headlines and then in-depth analysis on the news. South Africa's Airways disastrous board chairman, Dudu Mieni, fails to show up for the Zondo Commission, resulting in a second criminal complaint laid against her. You may remember that previously she revealed the identity of a witness, which is a crime. This is her second criminal complaint the chairperson of the South African Airways Board. KZN Premier Zile Zikalala has called for calm after the assassination of 47-year-old Nico Swart yesterday, who died in a horrific hail of bullets from large caliber weapons in a clear assassination. South African security companies have decided to pull out the drones to track criminals across metropolitan areas in South Africa. Independent power producers is that the savior for state-run electricity parastatal ESCOM? That's a reasonable question. And Zapiro, the political cartoonist, his vile race mercantilism exposes what a fraud he really is. Calls for the release of Mali's president, Ba Nda, its prime minister, Mokhtar Wane, and defense minister, Sulemane Dukure, all of whom have been illegally detained by a military junta. This interim government was detained this week calls for their release. Media reports about Berlin planning on paying reparations to Namibia turn out to have been misleading and false. I've reported on this and said that uh, if in fact they were going to pay reparations for a crime they did not commit that was committed over a century ago by a country that no longer exists in a country that doesn't exist to people who've long since been dead, this is an idiotic political precedent. Apparently Berlin has decided not to do that and to continue its foreign assistance, but relabel that reparations. That in itself is a dangerous precedent. Berlin has been more than generous in development aid and security assistance over the past 30 years in Namibia. Africa Day, it's Africa Day, the 25th of May, 2021. This celebrates the founding of the organization African Union back in 1963. Of course, famously that organization, which was created to liberate Africa and to end the colonial era was replaced by the African Union in the early part of the 21st century. President Cyril Ramaphosa's propagandistic comments about Africa Day and his flowery language that doesn't even relate remotely to reality. President Lungu of Zambia has released 579 convicted pr prisoners in advance of Africa Day to celebrate it. clemency. And Leicester, a city in the Midlands in northern part or central part, northern part of England, central part of the United Kingdom, Leicester, with 4% black African population, celebrates Africa Day for the first time. Nigeria has devalued the Naira by 7.6% from 379 at the official rate to 410.25 Naira to the dollar. Gay activists in Ghana are calling or demanding for the release of 21 people arrested last week at a conference on gay and lesbian rights. Traditional chief in Zimbabwe has demanded that his family disinter, exhume, former Prime Minister and President Robert Gabriel Mugabe and move him to Hero's Acre for a hero's burial. 
At least 32 people now have died in the volcano eruption in the Congo. And once again, Robert Lewandowski, the striker for Bayern München, broke the record, the 49-year-old record by Hat Müller, uh, by scoring his 41st goal this week. Congratulations, Lewandowski. And the purported or alleged mastermind behind the brutal murder of heavily pregnant Tsitsafatso Pule, who was murdered last year outside of Pretoria, is in court today or was in court today. Those are the headlines. Let's get to in-depth news analysis and commentary, folks. Thank you for your patronage of the channel. As I mentioned, South African Airways chairman, chairperson, chairwoman, whatever your preference, Dudu Mieni has failed to appear before the Zondo Commission, the commission she previously appeared before and unmasked a witness in a criminal act. This will be her second complaint against her. The other occurred in November 2020. Former SAA Board Chair Dudu Mieni failed to turn up for a scheduled hearing at the state capture inquiry hearings on Tuesday. Instead, she sent her lawyers, led by advocate Butelezi, to seek a postponement of the hearing of her evidence. This did not go down very well with the chair, Deputy Chief Justice Raymond Zondo, who instructed the inquiry secretary to lay a criminal complaint against Mieni. Miss Mieni has not appeared today, and there's no sufficient cause for that non-appearance. Miss Mieni's conduct today is part of a pattern of steadfast resistance to be accountable, submitted evidence leader advocate Kate Hofmeyer. She effectively took the postponement for herself. It is time for the law to take its course. Second criminal complaint against her. Hofmeyer called for drastic steps to be taken against Mianney, saying she'd also defied Parliament's Portfolio Committee on Public Enterprises in April 2018 in a similar manner. If you wonder why South African Airways is a disaster, you look no further than Dudu Mianney. Unqualified, incompetent, corrupt, venal, and arrogant. Arrogant beyond comprehension. In KwaZulu-Natal, where 47-year-old Nico Tswart, a mining company executive who was also a viewer of this channel, was assassinated this week, the KZN premier is calling for calm after the assassination. And there is much more to this assassination than the public realizes underlying issues which will hopefully come to light sometime in the very near future. KZN Premier Sile Zikalala has appealed for calm after an assassination on senior executive Richards Bay Minerals on Monday. In a statement on Monday, Zikalala said that the shooting of Nico Swart, one of the most senior managers, comes in the wake of groundbreaking discussions held with company leadership and local Amakosi to iron out long-standing issues last week. The meeting, chaired by Zikalala and attended by members of the Executive Council, Amakosi, and management, was held to discuss RBM's latest investment in Zuluti South, as well as the finalization of compensation to communities whose homes were damaged during mining operations and the payment of outstanding dividends to the Mkwazanzi Traditional Council. This is a situation fraught with concern. Authorities in KwaZulu-Natal are also calling for the rapid arrest of those responsible for any information leading to the arrest of those who assassinated Nico Swart. Police are calling members of the public to assist them in finding the killers. And Zikalala has called on the police to make the investigation a priority. Security firms in South Africa are turning to drones to track down criminals in South Africa's leafy suburbs. Private security group Fidelity said it's become one of the first providers to use drones to track criminals in suburban areas. They use the drones. It'll be trialed in the greater four-ways area for two months, then extended to other suburbs, suburbs, estates, and shopping areas. The command center is linked to a tactical response unit for both reactive and proactive purposes. Customers contact the call center to activate the drone response 
and on sites where Fidelity ADT already provides guarding, the drone responsibly worked into the incident escalation procedure. It just shows you how ineffective law enforcement and the criminal justice system is in South Africa that private security companies, which employ over half a million security guards, must resort to this sort of thing in order to track criminals, which the SAPs seem incapable or unwilling to do. And if they track them, how are they going to prosecute them? They're incapable of collecting forensic evidence and processing it. Independent power producers, is that the future savior of ESCOM? Who can say? Independent power projects include wind, solar, gas, and biomass power stations. All are part of this renewable energy effort. Come a time when ESCOM has struggled to meet energy demand with its own generating capacity. <laughs> At a time, it's been going on for years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here's the Excelsior Wind Farm. There's the Agenese solar power plant and the Cruz Valley hydro plant, which doesn't look to be particularly large there. Other notable projects include the 282 megawatt Carusa and Sutswater wind farms near Sutherland in the Northern Cape. Another notable power stations are the nearly 12 billion redstone concentrated solar plant near Postmansburg, which I reported on recently. Reported that will provide electricity for up to 200,000 households. This is a rendering of what it would look like in the Karoo, this solar concentration. ESCOM will be allowed to procure as much as 12,000 megawatts of electricity from independent power producers, including 6,800 from renewable wind and solar, 3,000 from gas, 1,500 from coal, and 513 from storage. You should open the market up, South Africa, and not simply play these little games. Meanwhile, the political cartoonist who rose to fame in South Africa attacking Zuma with the shower head drawn overs head and talking about Zuma's misconduct, Zapiro is up to his tricks, this time producing a vile race mercantilist cartoon about the recent departure of Pumzile van Damme from Parliament as a member of the Democratic Alliance. Notice this vile racism that you see on display here. You probably can't read it, so we have tone-deaf Helen Zilla with a, character, a cartoonish face the um, band on the drum, it's called the DA Average White Band. It says, but Pumzilla, our top, you're our top backing vocalist. Credible lack leaders exit. Well, exactly, says Van Damme. The playlist includes White Christmas, Nights in White Satin, Little White Lies, and a whiter shade of pale. This is disgusting, vile race mercantilism in its worst form. And it exposes Zapiro for the total fraud that he is once again. He's pandering to the race merchants, merchants in South Africa. Once again, how many times do we have to cover this? Not an advocate for the Democratic Alliance, but simply look at the sheer numbers of people in the Democratic Alliance. The majority of people in the party are people of color. Why do these leftist woke tards continue to disparage this party and lie about its composition? The reason that the Democratic Alliance is in power in Cape Town, in the Western Cape, is entirely owing to its support base amongst colored South Africans. Whites make up just 17% of the population of the province of Western, the Western province and Cape Town, about the same percent. They wouldn't be in power were it not for people of color, including black, Kosa-speaking South Africans and colored South Africans. Stop the nonsense. This race division is vile, it's venal, it's disgusting. And it's not accomplishing anything other than exposing the frauds that are out there, like Zapiro. United Nations is among many calling for the immediate release of Mali's president, Ba Nda, who was arrested. UN Chief Antonio Gutierrez has demanded the immediate release of Mali's president, Ba Nda, and Prime Minister Mokhtarwane, who've been detained by soldiers. But they weren't alone. The Defense Minister, Suleimane Dukure, was also detained. 
The African Union, the Economic Community of West African States, or ECOWAS, the European Union, and the United States have also condemned the arrest, saying Mali's top politicians must be released without any preconditions. Late on Monday, they were arrested. They came to get him. Mali, an absolute basket case. It's a country where the military is out of control and has been out of control for a number of years. Over the past several days and last week, I reported multiple news reports from Deutsche Welle, from The Guardian, from the Namibian and others, saying that Germany had reached a decision to pay reparations over the Herero conflict or genocide at the turn of the 20th century. Now, remember that the Herero conflict was initiated by the Herero and the Nama who attacked German farms and ranches, murdering over 343 German settlers. They launched the war. Now, they felt they had little choice. We can debate that. But they launched the war. In response, General von Trotha and others in the German Schutztruppe went out and fought back and eventually led a scorched earth campaign against the Herero in particular. 65 to 75,000 Herero out of a population of about 90,000 died as a consequence of the conflict. Horrific losses. And this was exacerbated by the actions of shoot to kill orders on site and driving people into the desert poisoning wells, which are arguably crimes against humanity and war crimes. But the German Empire under the Hohenzollerns, Hohenzollerns ended in 1918. There's no such thing as a German Empire. There's no one alive today responsible for these crimes. The Weimar Republic came after that. It lasted until the National Socialists took over in 1933. It lasted until 1945 when it was decisively defeated by a coalition of Western states and the Soviet Union. That was replaced in 1949 by the Bundesrepublik Deutschland, the Federal Republic of Germany, which bears no guilt for the actions of people over a century ago. It was founded nearly half a century after this conflict. The Germans were setting a dangerous and idiotic precedent by considering paying cash reparations to a country, to people, who have not suffered as a consequence of their actions because they weren't their actions. They're the actions of others. This guilt for past actions by others is a reprehensible concept. Germany has instead decided to pay more aid to Namibia. Berlin is wary of setting a legal precedent precedent as talks near completion on reconciliation deal for atrocities against the Herero and Nama tribes. Will the Herero pay compensation to the descendants of the murdered Germans? I doubt that. Germany's categorically ruled out financial reparations as forming part of its planned formal apology in Namibia for colonial atrocities at the start of the 20th century for a country that does not exist in a time that is long since gone. Appropriate step would be for the Germans to recognize and say that in fact the actions of the German Empire were genocidal in response to the Herero initiating conflict. It was wrong. It was morally reprehensible. And we have, for three decades now, poured billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars into Namibia to help the development of this country out of mutual concern for the development people who've been left hindered by events a century ago. That's the appropriate response by the Germans, not this nonsense. Today's the 25th of May, ladies and gentlemen, 2021, and it's Africa Day here, there, and everywhere. Apparently, it's celebrated in many places. There is an African diaspora celebration of Africa Day in Las Vegas today. I happen to be wearing a Vegas uh, 10th anniversary USA 7s jersey uh, in commemoration, not of Africa Day in Las Vegas, but of that event. Africa Day 2021 comes amid new challenges on the continent. Well, there's always new challenges on the continent. The day, formerly known as African Freedom Day and African Liberation Day, is the annual commemoration of the founding of the Organization of African Unity in May of 1963. This year's theme of Africa Day is arts, culture, and heritage, levers for building the Africa we want. There is the graphic for it. There was a Zoom session today, earlier today, to discuss Africa Day. Lovely logo they've come up with this for this year. 
President Sir Ramaphosa says we must pay attention to our own shortcomings. That sounds like a very humble statement, but don't be misled. Last week, media around the world carried heart-rendering images of a young boy adrift off the coast of the Spanish enclave of Saita. He was clinging to a makeshift boy made of plastic bottles and desperately trying to make it to shore. Over the years, we've become more accustomed to seeing images of African men and women children crammed into boats and makeshift rafts trying to reach Europe. According to relief agencies, more than 20,000 people have lost their lives across the Med since 2014. As we observe African and Tuesday, these tragic stories remind us of the huge task we have to build a better life for all the people of Africa. Well, that's fair. That's fair. You have a responsibility so that people don't feel the need to flee Africa. While we celebrate the progress we made towards building a peaceful and prosperous continent, events in faraway North Africa show that we still have a long way to go. Well, the events in North Africa are not from North Africa. The events in North Africa are from West Africa, Central Africa, the failure of governance, corruption, and the inability of African governments to lead. That's why people are fleeing. That's why people try to get to Europe. That's why they try to get there. Let's be honest here, Cyril. Speaking of shortcomings, we can talk about a lot of shortcomings in your political party and your political actions in particular. Plenty of shortcomings to talk about there. President Edgar Lungu has released 579 prisoners ahead of Africa Day. He says the ex-inmates have been re rehabilitated and ready for integration into society. Head of the country's correctional services announced in Kabwe, 140 kilometers north of Lusaka, that this was an exercise of the president's prerogative of mercy. The president's action is in accordance with Article 97 of the Republican Constitution, which provides for presidential pardon and substitution of severe punishments imposed on convicted persons. He added the pardon individuals have been rehabilitated and ready for reintegration. Congratulations to the 579 convicted criminals who are now free and back in society. For the first time ever, Africa Day is formally marked in Leicester, in the Midlands, in England. Come again? England celebrating Africa Day? Well, nothing wrong with that. Solidarity with Africans. But it's certainly not a consequence of Leicester being a city inhabited largely by Africans. Just 4% of Leicester's population is black African. Nonetheless, it's being celebrated there. Of course, Leicester is now famously an English city that's not an English city. You can see that going back to 1991, 70% of the population of Leicester at the time, 281,000, was white. By 2001, it had declined to 61%, and now it's just 40%, 45%. White population of Leicester is no longer a majority in an English city. In the province of Leicestershire, 1991, 96% of the population were white. Today, it's 89% as immigration floods into the region. Leicester celebrates Africa Day today. Whites make up the largest ethnic group, but are just 45% of the population of... Nigeria has devalued its national currency, the Naira, and that has lowered the rate 7.6%, reducing it from 379 in the official exchange rate to 410.25 Naira per dollar. The move towards a more flexible rate comes ahead of Monetary Policy Committee's announcement on the benchmark interest rate Tuesday afternoon. The median estimate in a Bloomberg survey for the bank is to hold at 11.5. Meanwhile, in Ghana... The gay and lesbian community is up in arms over the arrest of 21 people last week and are demanding the release of these 21 people who were arrested at a conference last week. Ghana's LGBTQ community has called for the release of 21 people who were arrested by security forces last week while attending a conference in the city of Hope. An online campaign with the hashtag pound sign release, hashtag release the 21 has gone viral on social media, Twitter, as people demand the immediate release of the detainees. At least 16 women and four men were arrested by local police after operatives invaded the hotel where a conference for LGBTQ persons was ongoing. Regional police spokesman said in a statement that the detained individuals were arrested for advocating LGBTQ activities. 
God outlaws same-sex relationship and the country's penal code prescribes between three and 25 years in prison for any citizen to be found in a same-sex relationship. Let me just put that very clearly for you folks. 25 years in prison for being in a same-sex relationship, not for engaging in homosexual activities, but being in a relationship. What is the state so afraid of? That's frightening. Absolutely frightening. Whether you are pro-homosexuality or anti-homosexuality, the fact that the state can imprison someone for 25 years because they care about someone else, that's beyond the pale. Anybody should be able to admit that. In Zimbabwe, a traditional chief has ordered the remains of the dead, deceased, venal, thieving, reprehensible, disgusting, murderous, former dictator of Zimbabwe, Robert Gabriel Mugabe, to be exhumed and moved to Zimbabwe National Heroes Acres. That's where they want to take it. The family of Mugabe has been ordered to exhume the remains of the late dictator for reburial at a monument to Zimbabwe's national heroes in a move likely to rekindle a row over the memory of one of Africa's foremost revolutionary leaders. Now, that's a very generous statement. One of Africa's longest-serving thieves. Traditional chief made the order after accusing Mugabe's second wife, Grace, of breaking local custom by interring him at his rural home. How is that local custom if he's from there? Mugabe, whose increasingly authoritarian 37-year rule was ended by a coup in November 2017, was buried at his village of Kutama in 2019 after weeks of dispute with the government of his successor, the crocodile, Emerson Managagua. Senior officials made it clear they wanted the reins of the former dictator to be buried at the National Heroes Shrine outside Harare, and now are going to get their way, apparently. In the Congo, the death toll now is at least 32 from this erupting volcano. Volcanic eruption in eastern Congo two days ago has killed at least 32 people, officials said Monday as residents search for missing loved ones amid homes destroyed on the outskirts of Goma. You can see this photograph down here of just all of that lava that's poured into there. Residents check for damages caused by lava from the overnight eruption of Mount Nyargongo on the outskirts of Goma in the early hours Sunday. Erupted for the first time in nearly two decades, turning the night sky fiery red and sending lava into a major highway as panic residents tried to flee Goma, a city of 2 million. And just 32,000 apparently dead so far that we're up. A remarkably low death toll, thankfully. Congratulations once again to Bayern München's Robert Lewandowski, the Polish striker, who has broken the record. He's broken the record. The Bundesliga record of 49 years standing by Chet Müller, also played for Bayern München, was broken this week by Robert Lewandowski, scoring his 41st goal at the buzzer almost. In the very last moments of this game, Lewandowski scored his 41st goal and ripped off his jersey in celebration. <laughs> Robert Lewandowski admits he's fully... He's yet to fully digest the magnitude of his historic final day strike against Augsburg, which broke the Bundesliga record for most goals in a single season. He was denied a hat full of clear-cut scoring chances by Augsburg goalkeeper Giekowitz, who looked set to miss out on the best mark, which he'd equaled on the penultimate weekend. But the 32-year-old was not to be denied in the final minute and with the last meaningful kick of the game after his Polish countryman spilled a shot from substitute Leroy Sane, Byron's peerless number nine pounced to stick away his 41st Bundesliga goal of the campaign. And once again, of course, Bayern München won a ninth consecutive Bundesliga title. The men in red, the reds are unbelievable. I have to say, I never dreamt about breaking this record to score more than 40 goals because I thought it was impossible, Lewandowski told the Bundesliga.com. After rewriting the history books and Byron's swashbuckling 5-2 win played out in front of 250 spectators at the Allianz Arena. What a shame. Only 250 people were there. If you only have 34 games and I played 29, so that's why I still don't believe what I did. But I think of this whole game I scored in the last seconds, not only the last minute, 
I was trying three, four, five times to score, but I couldn't. And the last situation came, and I scored the goal. That's something special, something historic. I still don't believe it, but maybe tomorrow, maybe even one or two weeks later, I'll understand what I did. Congratulations to Bayern München's Robert Lewandowski, who now apparently is on the trade block. He's being offered to be sold to others. This is insane. And finally, an update on the vile, disgusting murder of eight-month, heavily pregnant woman last year in Pretoria. This murder that took place, she was hung from a tree, eight months pregnant. Lots of speculation about what, what it's all about, about a girlfriend, her being a lover of a married man and being inconvenient. This beautiful young lady was hung from a tree with virtually no notice being paid by South Africa. The alleged mastermind behind it is right there. He's going to appear in court, or he did appear in court today. Alleged mastermind behind Seho Fatso Pule's murder. Uh, that's uh, Ntuko Shoba, was expected back in the Rotoport Magistrate's Court today. He appeared in court last week where he applied for a transfer to the Krugersdorf Police Station. He claimed his life was in danger after being aware, made aware of alleged WhatsApp messages were making the rounds threatening his safety. He was arrested in February after the man who confessed to killing Poulet turned state witness. Malapane faces charge of murder, defeating the ends of justice, as well as unlawful possession of firearm and ammunition, entering into a plea and sentence agreement with the state. But this is the gentleman supposedly behind it. Malapane's lawyers told the court that their client was hired to kill the young woman by her boyfriend who did not want his wife to find out that he had impregnated Poulet. Eight months pregnant when she was murdered. They don't bother to mention she was hung from a tree, ladies and gentlemen. Folks, thanks for tuning in. We do appreciate your patronage here on Chris White Africa, the Indaba African News of the Day program. Appreciate your support, and we will look forward to seeing you here next time on Indaba African News of the Day.